0: I don't think of myself as someone who is a big reader uh, as a child. I read a lot these days. Uh, but one of the first authors that I learned to love was Edgar Allan Poe. I found his prose style to be quite thrilling, since I knew very little more than sort of the prose of newspapers at that time, science fiction and so on. I was also intrigued by his claustrophobic psychology and the related themes uh, what most people think of when they think of Poe though his stories actually range quite a bit in subject matter. Most of them retain a gothic or romantic quality. Uh, In particular, he has several stories that involve the reanimation of dead persons. And What is probably his finest short story, that's according to George Bernard Shaw, is a story called The Jaya. It's about a beautiful woman who dies and then reanimates the body of her husband's second wife. Uh, What interests me about this story, and it doesn't matter whether Poe is being satirical in the story or not, is the notion in the story that immortality is found in diligent scientific study and the individual will. So Poe begins the story with a quote that he attributes to a 17th century English clergyman named Joseph Glanville, and this quote reads in part, "'The will therein lieth,' which dieth not. Man doth not yield himself unto death utterly, save only through the weakness of his feeble will." And this is a a clergyman saying this. Gives you an idea of uh, some things aren't as new as we thought uh, in the 21st century. Glanville, who lived in the 17th century, as I mentioned, he was kind of a proto-Unitarian. And he seemed to have considerable influence on a number of American clergymen such as Cotton Mather and Mather's father, Increase Mather. Yes, that's a real name, Increase Mather. Uh, He happened to be president of Harvard University, so these are not uh, uh, obscure persons I'm talking about. Increase Mather, or Cotton Mather that is, his son, is best known as a protagonist in the Salem witch trials. So I tell you all this as background to uh, something about this story of Poe's. In telling this story about the reanimation of a woman's body, Poe is telling us something about a strong undercurrent in American culture in general, an undercurrent of magic, spiritualism, individualism, and this is often masked and incorporated with a language of science. And Mather, uh, Cotton Mather was an early proponent of smallpox inoculation, of other, among other things. And again, it's quite striking to me that the hope for Immortal- immortality in Poe's story is the will, personal individual will, that strengthens itself by scientific study and eventually goes beyond empirical science to esoteric wisdom. So the character Ligeia is a student of esotericism, and her, her widower... Later on, he uses opium to induce altered states of consciousness to try to reach out toward immortality. And we should note that Poe was interested in writing what he believed the American public would enjoy. So again, he's writing for people who think this will be interesting. And we see again that there's this yearning for life after death, but there's an utter estrangement from the Christian proclamation. In today's Solemnity, we have an actual example of a woman. Who dies but survives after falling asleep in death. But Our Lady's assumption into heaven is not the result of striving with the will, it's not the result of esoteric disciplines. St. Paul explains it like this In Christ Jesus, God raised us up and gave us a place in the heavens. It is owing to his favor that salvation is yours through faith. This is not your own doing, it is God's gift neither is it a reward for anything you have accomplished. So the affirmation of the assumption of the Mother of God into heaven is a confirmation of this truth, that the destiny of believers, those who trust in God, is an eternal life. Not in this world, we don't reanimate this world that's passing away, but we are transferred into the glorious world that is to come. In Christ is a new creation and we enter this new creation through the narrow way of death, but a death like Christ's, a death in faith. So if we have been united with Christ in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Here again, St. Paul's theological reasoning finds concrete confirmation in the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so I urge each of you, and myself as well, to spend time today meditating on Mary's triumph and how it is that this comes about, on her example, uh, so that we also may yearn for a resurrection like Christ's. You Really think about this. You know, God has actually promised us this eternal life, and therefore we can have faith because we see the fruits of this already in the Dormition and Assumption of Mary. This is not a mere reanimation of our present bodies. It is the reawakening of ourselves in a glorified, spiritual body, one no longer subject to suffering, sadness, or fear, but destined for eternal joy and glory in Christ Jesus.